0: This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday's sermon.
1: I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive podcast. Welcome back to the Grace Deep Dive podcast. This is Johnny, and uh, John just kind of going over a sermon that actually a lot of people don't talk about Uh, Yeah, in the sense of... John, you gave us a license to wound. Uh-huh. A license to Easy. wound in a, in a good way, though, in a Easy. good way. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, my wife said she's like, "Oh, that was really good, actually, because you know you just don't hear those kind of sermons a lot, and um, it was done well." But you know, with wounds come you know messes and and hurt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and I, and I was just kind of thinking in my own in my own life, you know, the what I love about God, the one of the most the, the greatest things I love about Him is the fact that. You know, we can, we're always going to mess up. We're mm-hmm. always going to go off track. We're always going to create problems. And God is the God who restores. And I yeah. think we we'll can go back to that analogy you made about how he's the art. Uh, Jesus is the art uh, restorer. Right? Oh yeah, when did I do that, that
0: was a long time ago. Yeah, a long
1: time ago, and, and and just the fact that he will take something that is marred or damaged or whatever, and he'll bring it back to where it was intended to be, and I just love the fact that that he redeems, and you know, because there's something tragic to regret and loss and all that kind of stuff. But knowing that God always has a plan of restoration, a plan to bring about um, what He intended, is always a great thing. And yeah. there's no, there's nothing lost. Yeah, everything can be redeemed, which is a beautiful thing. And uh, that kind of goes along, I think, with what we're talking about this week. That you know, we're called to to love our friends and to sometimes wound them um, in a good, loving way. Um, and the sermon was the wound of a faithful friend. And we're in the series New Life. So, uh, John, as we just kind of jump on in here. Uh, why is, why do we, as, as people want to cover or ignore our sins? Well,
0: I mean, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? it? <laughs> I mean, is it? Go ahead. I, well, I just, you know, we don't, we don't like to think there's anything wrong with us or we at least like to pretend that it's not going to impact us. Right. Um, but the reality is that sin always finds us out. Sin always has, has detrimental effects on our, our lives. Um, and, 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 our relationships and, and all kinds of things. And so, so we just like to, you know, sweep it under the rug and hope nobody will notice. And, you know, quite frankly, sometimes that works. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't. And, and it, and it really usually even the stuff that seems to work for a while comes back to haunt us eventually. And so, uh, you know, so, but we don't, we don't want to face those realities in our lives. And, um, and I think that's part of why some people reject the gospel because the gospel requires in order for us to respond to it positively, it requires that we recognize those realities in our lives. And and nobody wants to do that. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, as a, as a believer, too,
1: you know, you talked about we can push it aside and, and kind of cover it up and hide it. The reality is, as believers, it's always going to God's always going to address it.
0: Well, well, at some point. Yeah. Well, God certainly knows that it's there. Right. Um, And and and, and even in some ways, if we have certain sins in our life or something, you know, we might correct them before they have, you know, serious, uh, impact on us or serious consequences. We might, we might do that sometimes, but, but, uh, even when we do that, it's already had some effect. It's had, it's had effect on our conscience. It's had effect on our relationship with God. It's had effect somewhere. Um, and so even then when we think, oh yeah, nobody really noticed and I've kind of dealt with it, even if that happens, and I think that's probably pretty rare. Um, I think most of the time in order for us to deal with sin, we have to come face to face to it in, in a more significant way. Somebody often confronts us. Um, a a wife says, Hey, watch your temp, watch your temper with the kids or, or wow, that was out of line or, um, or our boss or whatever, you know, somebody usually confronts us in some way or we hurt somebody and then recognize it or something like that. I think that's more, more often the case. Than not, because as long as we get away with our sin, we, we kind of think, oh, uh, it doesn't really have an impact, but it does.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing about just even we as Christians, we, we know we're not happy. Mm-hmm. We know it's not what, what is intended. We have a, a sense of right and wrong in our that God has yeah. instilled in us. So that's the beauty of it is we, we do tend to naturally go towards the dumb stuff of life and yeah. sin and folly and all that kind of stuff, but God reveals it a little bit quicker, I think in us. Um, and yeah. that's what I was going to ask you too. Is there a difference between being a, um, as a believer and an unbeliever, just the the, the willingness to, to cover our sins or to, to deal with them?
0: Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of what's happening in our culture today is that there is a desire uh, to simply change the moral landscape so that... Move the target a little yeah, bit? Yeah, move the target a little bit so that the things that we do are our own... Um, proclivities towards sin are then considered okay you know it's kind of like we shoot the arrow and then we paint the target around it kind of thing instead of and in, instead of recognizing oh i missed the bullseye I'm, i, I kind of messed up here um or i have a tendency to sin in this particular way and recognize it as sin so instead of doing that we just kind of move the target we go well you know uh you know when it comes to sexual ethics uh, we just say, well, uh, you know, this is just the way I am and you got to accept me the way I am. And if you don't, then you're the one who's in some kind of sin, whether, you know, maybe not against God, if they're not a believer, but some kind of cultural sin or something like that. And so, so I think that's, that's what, that's what a lot of times and it's swept under the rug in a different way. Uh, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, don't notice it's, it's a, uh, you, it's, it's actually kind of, uh, um, you know shifting the blame if you will in other words i'm not to blame for my sin you're to blame for saying that like i say intolerant or yeah, something for like being that. intolerant yeah. or something yeah
1: well that's a you know i guess when it comes to the culture that makes i mean society unbelievers you know that makes sense you know if you sure you shoot here and i yeah. like that you paint the target Oh, i, I hit it you know yep what, what really bothers me, I think, is when I see that in the church.
0: Yeah. You well, know? yeah and we do, and the church does it too, for sure.
1: Yeah, but like, oh, I'll see, you know, you'll see, you know, people, or even, you know, I'm sure myself too, but you'll see them start to change what we clearly know is from God. Yeah. And they move his target and try to match what's in the church, uh, yeah. whatever the behavior of the church or the behavior of the society at the time. And that just drives me crazy. I, I get it when a culture does it. Mm-hmm. When it, when Christians do it it, it, it really bothers me.
0: Well, yeah. And that's, and that's a lot of what's happened. I mean, there's um, numerous examples of... of Of that kind of thing, right? And whether it's whether it's infighting within the church, right? We we confuse um, the difference between what's morally right and morally wrong with preferences, and we you know we kind of shift the target in that in that sense. In other words, well, I prefer hymns, therefore hymns are God's ordained, you know, musical style that all churches should use. And if a church doesn't use that, then they're insane, or you know, we do that kind of stuff all the time. Um, And that's kind of an extreme example. That's a little less common today, but we do similar things. Um, preaching styles, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we do it with things like gossip, you know, well, it's not gossip because, you know, I would say this to somebody's face. Well, okay, but you didn't. <laughs> and, and you're therefore not, therefore it's gossip, Yeah, right? And you're not, therefore it's gossip, right? Like, so we, we move the goal, goalposts all the time. We try to uh, justify, we try to, um, you know, moralize our own behavior. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very common. Um, and it's common within the, within the church overall too, right? And you, you know, we have this Joshua Harris thing. I don't. know. I'm sure you've heard. Uh, with uh, you know, he wrote the book uh, "I Kiss Dating yeah, Goodbye." Yeah. And now he's come out and said that he regrets everything he wrote. And not only does he regret everything he wrote, he's getting a divorce, and now he's not a Christian, and all, all this. Oh, really?
1: He's he's flipping.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's, oh, okay. he he came out and said, and and said I by all the measurable, something like this, this is pretty close to what he said, all the, by all the measurable standards he knows of, he does not qualify as a Christian. That's how he, that yeah. those are his words. So, um, so he's, he's basically turned his back on Christianity um, and, and all these things. And so, so again, he's, you know, uh, embracing the mor- morality of our culture and, uh, and turning his back on, I wonder to, I wonder to just kind of on a side note
1: with him. Cause he wrote, he wrote that book when I was kind of dating, you know, and yeah, it was, a did you kiss dating goodbye? I didn't. I, okay. didn't, I, I didn't either. And but reason, I wasn't
0: dating at the time. Either, but the so. reason
1: why I did, I think, you know, you, you, you read this book and you go, man, this guy is intense. Yeah. He's passionate and yeah. he's very uh, black and white. And he was young. And he was young. And I go, well, he's I 20,
0: 20 something early well, 20s. And he
1: had, a, and he had, a, he had good intentions for sure, for sure. But sometimes that bar is hard to live up to mm-hmm. and you create this almost a sense of legalism to some degree. Oh,
0: he, he, he created that. And, and I think gonna mess, a lot of, it's going to mess him up down the road. Yeah. And he came out of a homeschooling movement and there's nothing wrong with homeschool. I've homeschooled, sure. you know, but there's, but there's certain things that have come out of the homeschooling movement in in certain places that haven't been healthy. And I wouldn't say that everything, as a matter of fact, I haven't read the book, And I don't want to turn this podcast into a podcast about his book, but, um, but I think from what I know of it, there are some good things he said. Yeah, for sure. But there, he probably took it in a direction that well, I think it, it didn't need to be taken. And I think it was one of those
1: things, too, where is if you're following this, then you're doing it right. If you're not, then you're doing it wrong. Which is kind of what? Which is dangerous. And I think that's the, kind of what hurt him, too, is maybe the backlash that he got. Oh, yeah. By not only just the unbelievers, but by even the believers. Yeah. And so, well, I don't people, know. If,
0: people told him he ruined their life and all, yeah. all kinds. of stupid. And that's
1: that's on them still. You, know, you It still, is on them. They need to read a book and, and decide You know what they want to do. But I think the reality is, is maybe he got burned and wounded, yeah, probably. by the church, you know, by and probably. by people. Well, now he's
0: he's rejected it. Well, and he was he was close to some other, uh, faith leaders, pastors that were, had some scandal things go on in, in, in recent years. And I I think, you know, listen, his, the book he wrote is not, was not the problem. Yeah. (laughs) That that was not the problem, uh, with his marriage. It, It wasn't his, his sexual ethics were not what caused his marriage to go bad. That's, that's just not the case. But, um, you know, but people like to, like they'd like to move the goalposts. And so now, you know, they blame him or they blame what he wrote or, you know, he blames himself, he blames what he wrote, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh but, you know, the reality is somewhere along the line somebody probably needed to wound him, so to speak, a lot sooner, you know, Just and correct and, him a little bit. Correct him on some things. You know, his, his his marriage didn't fall apart because he had those sexual ethics and his and his faith didn't fall apart um you know, overnight, that was, that was a, a process and somewhere along the line and maybe somebody did and he just didn't respond, but somewhere along the line, somebody needed to come alongside and say, Hey, you need to rethink this, you know, wound him a little bit, or you're going down a road that's not good or not positive here. Yeah. Um, But that's what we do. That's what we do with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We, you know, encourage one another to go down the right path.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you'll see a lot in the church where people will even Believers that I know will, will really get on Christians for being, quote-unquote, judgy. Right. And uh, what do you think the difference between a judgy Christian and a wounding Christian is? A uh, wounding, sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a condemnation piece of that, right? So judging is you're condemning, you know, but if I'm going to gently wound you for the sake of healing, right, which is what we talked what I talked about on Sunday, it's, it's not wounding for the sake of wounding. Um, it's wounding for the sake of healing and wounding in the right way, with the right tact, with the right... Uh, motives, um, all of those things and coming alongside and saying, Hey, there's a problem. Let's deal with it, but let's deal with it towards healing, towards grace, towards restoration, towards repentance is, is the word that Paul uses in, in the passage we looked at on Sunday. And so, and so it's wounding for those purposes and with that direction. And if you come alongside and you wound and then you just leave them, leave them wounded, that's not okay, man. Yeah. Like you don't get to the wound and then just walk away. That's no, if you're going to come along some, to somebody and, and say, Hey man, you know, I'm your brother. Uh, there's something in your life, right? Well, it's a deal it's with it." you. Yeah. Then you better walk alongside them and, and extend grace and kindness and, and move towards restoration as long as they're willing. Right. Now they can say, forget you and fought the handle and, and reject everything you, you offer, but you better be offering you don't mm-hmm. wound and then end there. Yeah,
1: well, you know, it's it's definitely a messy thing. It's you know? absolutely messy. It's messy. It's hard. It's you know, it's even hard for the the person trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they might get that rejection or that whatever. Or the blame? Oh, yeah. it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They might attack you at that point. Yeah.
0: And well, trust me, that's that happens, happens man. Yeah, All it's, yeah um,
1: frequently. Well, that's what I love. You know, the, in Galatians 6, uh, chapter 1, talks about carrying each other's burdens. Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. essentially the, what we're talking about. It says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, and that's the key, I think, you who are spiritual yeah. should restore him with yeah. a spirit of gentleness, but watch yourself. Or you may also be tempted. Right. And uh, right. why is it important to use wisdom in, in rescuing and wounding?
0: Oh, man. I mean, well, it's always important to use wisdom, right? That's and kind th- of... I guess, kidding, I guess but, it is, yeah. Uh, but, but when it comes to this particular issue, one is, and this is hard, and I think the younger you are, both in age and faith, um, the more likely you are to think that you can save everybody. And, and I think as you grow older... Um, both in age and faith, you begin to realize that you can't, right? Um, so you have to sh- you have to have wisdom about what you're correcting. Like there are things that are not worth correcting. I-, I mean, you can be absolutely right about something that doesn't give you the moral authority to run around and you know correct correct whatever it is that you think you're right on and everybody else is is wrong on. You might be right, um, but is it worth the mess? Sometimes it's not. And so there's a wisdom piece there, right? So, um, you, you know, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. You know, somebody somebody believes that uh, we ought to still obey the Old Testament law when it comes to the foods we eat. Uh, okay. Well, I might have a conversation with you, but if you want to live that way, like, I don't care. No, it's not. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not, worth, it's not worth correcting. It's not worth making a big mess out of it um, if, if you want to live that way. As long as you're not, like, looking at me and going, you know, You're evil or something. Well, then we might have to have a conversation about, no, we have a theological disagreement. That's not an essential one. Yeah.
1: I don't trust anybody who doesn't eat bacon. So, oh, you'd have a hard time in Israel.
0: man. (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) I would have loved some bacon while I was out there to be honest. You didn't have any, huh? Ah, not, not at my hotel. Oh man. And there are kosher and non-kosher hotels out there. I didn't know this. And I was just, I was staying at a kosher one and so there was no bacon. No, Breakfast was meatless. Oh, that's why, why? I, I, I it was hard, man. I got to be honest with you. I struggled a little bit. There you go. I, I never thought I would struggle like that. And I was like, I was like, wait, there's like no meat anywhere. What am I going to eat? You know, yeah. I ate what a do lot of do? eggs. Yeah. Like yeah. I ate a lot of eggs. Um, So, so yeah, so you got to show wisdom in that, you know, what, what are things worth correcting? What are things not worth correcting? And then how you do it too, right? There's wisdom in that, right? Our, our speech out of, ought to always be um, in kindness, in love, respectful, right? Um, And, and, and as something the kind of speech that moves a person towards repentance and healing and restoration um you know just a few chapters ago paul in second corinthians 5 right talked about we have the ministry of what reconciliation not wounding reconciliation is our ministry right and you get um and then you get to chapter 7 and and, and there's kind of this you know the history is he's wounded the church but as it talks about in the past in chapter 7 it's it's towards repentance he, he goes i I don't regret the severe letter I wrote you, but I, I regretted it at the time. But I don't regret it now because I see what it's done in you and it's moved you towards repentance. And that means restoration, reconciliation. And that, that's the point.
1: Yeah. And I think even kind of you touched on that, too, that some Christians get that mentality of, oh, cool. It's great to wound. Let's go wound. Right. But it's not really that the whole point is, is reconciliation, restoration yeah. and wounding is a piece of it. But it's not the end game. That's right. It's the, it's the beginning, not the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, as we talk about approaching, you know, talk about approaching people who are maybe struggling to sin, I think it's always important to come at them with the awareness that you, we, too, are sinners. Absolutely. You know, it's not like, hey, I have everything together. You need to be like me. I'm perfect. You're, right. a, you're, you're a loser. I think I always come back to the log in our own eye. You know, that passage where, yeah. where Jesus says, you know, first remove the, the log in your eye before you take out the speck right that somebody right. else's. And I think sometimes, you know, you get the people who are very much completely unaware that they have a log and they're trying to take that speck out of your eye and you're just dodging the log in their eye as they're coming at you. Um, but then you get the, the kind of the other side, which is, you know, where maybe they... You know we have we we're too aware of the log in our own eyes, so we don't try to remove the speck in mm-hmm. somebody else's. Do you mm-hmm. think that's uh what's kind of dangerous
0: or maybe bad about that? Just kind of thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about the you know when Jesus is talking about that Sermon on the Mount, man, and and Matthew seven is a part of that, right? And so Matthew seven is don't don't judge lest you be judged, right? People love to quote that verse, but it's associated with this log and speck thing, right? And the the point is not that you should never judge anything ever. The The point is that you judge as you are in a way that you want to be judged. Right. And, and with, with grace and kindness and towards restoration. And so that's, that's the point. And I think if you're doing that, you're, you're taking the log out of your own eye in, in that sense. Right. Because you're, you're going, yeah, I got issues. I know I do. Um, and and I, I hope you'll deal with them with kindness and respect and, and grace and uh, move me towards repentance if I if I need that in that particular case. And so that's what I want to do to others. So you're judging as you want to be judged. And that's not the log and the and the spec thing. That's that's how it should be done. And so um, you know, so when we come along and 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 wound for the sake of healing, you know, the the, the whole the whole point of, of that process is, is bringing, is, is coming alongside somebody. It's, it's that, it's that process of coming alongside. And, and if we're doing that well, then we're doing good. Right. I, I think we do a disservice to people a lot when we come and we go, well, you know, you don't really have to fix everything, anything in your life. And I talked about this on Sunday and I love counselors and there's some really good counselors out there. So I'm, I'm not bashing counseling as a whole. Um, but there is a sense, and I talked about this on Sunday where where sometimes counselors, instead of helping people adjust their lives so that they can experience true freedom, um, instead of that, counselors actually um, you know, basically, basically say, no, just accept where you're at. Accept, accept that your life's out of, out, of, uh, out, out of God's design. You're living in a way that you're not designed to live. Um, and therefore, you know, just accept that. Instead, and they do that. The counselors will do that instead of going, "No, let's let's adjust your life so that you can experience true freedom," as Galatians talks about, right? Well, I think it was kind of hard about even to the, the counsel, poor
1: poor counselors. Yeah. Um. You know, when it comes to if you're talking to a Christian, then it's so much easier to say, "Here's what you need to do." Yeah. If you're talking to an unbeliever then it's harder because they don't it have is. that. They don't have that uh, sense of. It is. You're right. You know. So I think I think they're kind of. You know, in the secular world, they're kind of just trying to modify some behaviors, just trying to get them through this life. But a but a biblical counselor says, you know, hey, this is you're you're missing the mark.
0: Yeah. And it's make, it makes makes their job a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be hard to counsel unbelievers. It, it really would, and and because unbelievers you know, often lack a real sense of moral, moral grounding. There's mm-hmm. no moral grounding. There's no, there's no moral lawgiver. There's no one who has designed us in a particular way. So there's no particular way that we're supposed to live. So instead of, you know, instead of dealing, you know, one of the, one of the places this, this often takes place is, is, uh, is people who are gay have a really high rate of suicide. Right. And a lot of people like to blame Christians for that, but it's not. That's not the case. You can look in other countries where there's very little, if any, pressure uh, for, by, by religious people to change, and the suicide rates are still high. So, so what, what does that tell you? Here's, here's how I read that. I read that there's some there's something fundamentally uh, wrong, and people don't know how to deal with it, and, and they feel shame, and they feel guilt, and they don't know why, and, and so they end up in, in, a, in a severe state of depression, and, and, and sometimes... They take their own life and it's tragic and it's horrible, but it's not because Christians say it's wrong. Like, that's not why people commit suicide. We say all kinds of things are wrong and <laughs> people don't commit suicide over that. Um, and and it, it's tragic and it's horrible. So, so, you know, the same kind of thing, right? Because Christians come along, biblical Christians anyways, come along and say, Hey, there's, there's a teaching in scripture about a specific thing. And, and God gave us that moral law. And, and therefore, you know, when we live outside of that, then we are not living as God designed us to live. And there are consequences to that. And we come along and say that that's a wounding, right? Mm-hmm. But we hopefully are also coming along and saying, but there is redemption. There is freedom. There is a reconciliation. There is a way to live a truly biblically happy life, you know, fulfilling life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, right? That, that's, that's the message of hope and truth that we proclaim, And, and hopefully we're proclaiming that too. Not just there's something wrong, but there's, there's an answer to that as well.
1: That's the hard part about, sorry, being a believer is it's so much easier. It's so much easier just to look at somebody who is, you you know, they're suffering, you know, you know, they're, they're living, you know, a lifestyle that is not pleasing to God, but also hurting themselves. Yes. And it's just so hard to say what you're doing is hurting you and what you're doing is wrong. Yeah it's easier just as, you know it's easier it's less loving just to say you know do whatever you makes live you lid, happy right? yeah. yeah do whatever makes you happy because we know it's not in the end gonna make them happy and <laughs> see that's the thing though right that's the hard thing yeah it's, it's hard it's hard and people do get on us as christians yeah. as being you know intolerant or wounding or whatever it is or speaking something that is contrary to what they feel but the reality is is if this did make you happy, of course we do whatever you want. Right. But you, we all know that you know. Even in my own in life, I'm run, doing yeah. things that aren't going to make me happy, and I yeah. have to be able to say that you're, you're missing the mark. And yeah. I think um, I was going to ask you the question: Is it is it uh, better to kind of make people aware of where they're coming up short, or just let them figure out? I think some that they're short, and that's the thing for me. It's like I always some of my, my evangelistic... You just they'll figure it out. Yeah, my well, my evangelistic mentality is. When you get to the point where you feel inadequate or that you feel, um, that you're missing the mark or you need something beyond yourself, give me a call. You know, like when you realize you're sick, then come to me, you're not sick, but you know, that's
0: a hard one, man. I mean, I think it goes both ways, right? Like you, sometimes you can, you can sit back and just kind of be patient and wait, right? Sometimes that's smart. That's wise. Mm -hmm. Um, but you might be waiting for something that's never going to come either. Or also, you know, it's, it's, it's not not everybody figures it out. Um, some people figure it out. And then you can be there to help them pick up the pieces and, and point towards the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But, but there's, there's also, it's, it's a both and, right? It's, there's also times and places to stand up and say, no, this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and you're harming yourself and you're harming society and you're, and you're, and you're offending God by the way you're living and there's a time and a place for that. And, and we have to be careful about when and where that is. Um, but quite frankly, we probably most, I think most Christians, not all, cause there's some that err on the side of being too aggressive and, you know, blowhornish, if that's a word. Yeah, I, saw, you know? I
1: actually saw that this, uh, while I was in San Diego and, and I felt like I saw the you know, the, the people out there with their scary signs and you're broken yeah, yeah. in hell and yeah. God hates gays. And I was like, Oh, I, did you, is oh,
0: that, where, was that that, uh, whatever, that one church? That, I don't know
1: who it is. Yeah. But I, I took a picture, but I felt like writing a sign that says, <laughs> I am so sorry for this. This <laughs> is not, yeah, this
0: is not, <laughs> yeah, that's not how you do it. It's right? not okay. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not okay. And, and you're, you're, all you do is make people mad when yeah. you do it that way. And so, so, um, so, so we need to be wise about where, when, and how, right? We, need, we, can, we ought to speak out on, on moral issues. We ought to point towards uh, the, the, the one who gave us the moral law, God, and we ought to point towards redemption. We ought to point towards all those things. So there's a time to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong and that's wrong. And there's a time to sit back and to, to be patient and, and, and wait, especially on an individual level. I think on a cultural level, we can say a little bit more, but we still have to be tactful and smart about how we say it. And on an individual level, we can, you know, I think we can come alongside somebody and say, especially if they're a brother or sister and they trust you. Yeah. And they, and they trust you, right. You can come along and say, Hey man, there's something in your life. Let's deal with it. You know, um, as a matter of fact, I would say that most of the time we don't, what we do is we just get mad and like stomp away. Uh, we do that with church, right? So some, we, we feel like there's something wrong with our pastor, for example, right? Our, our pastor's uh, sinned or something like that, or, or at least in our, in our view of sin, instead of, instead of going and saying, Hey pastor, I love you. Um, I want you, you know, there's something that we have to deal with in your life. Let's deal with it. Uh, they just stomp away, go to another church, right? That's not, that's not how brothers and sisters uh, respond to each other. And, or, or somebody, my youth, my, my small group, my small group leader, my, whatever it is, you know, we, we just stomp away. Um, and that's not, that's not what God's called us to, Yeah. Um, one of our listeners asked the question,
1: how does wounding and church discipline kind of work together? And first of all, what is church discipline? But
0: yeah, well, I mean, Paul talks about some of this church discipline thing in, you know, first Corinthians, uh, and, and there's some sexual ethics, things, incest and things like that going on. And, um, and he, he says, hey, you, you guys are living like it's no big deal. You have to address this issue. Um, and if the person's not willing to repent, you need to put them out of fellowship, basically. I mean, that's, it was a pretty significant issue. And it was, a, it was the kind that said, we need to put you out of fellowship. Um, so if there's a sin issue, for instance, now, if somebody's willing to deal with the sin issue and, and you know, you confront them uh, and, and they, go, they go, yep, you're right. I'm willing to deal with it. Uh, okay, fine. Then, then that's church discipline towards restoration. Church discipline's always towards restoration if they're unwilling to deal with it and they're, and they're, uh, you know, they're a believer who's living in sin and they refuse to address it and they want to continue to live in sin, then you, you know, might put them out of fellowship, which is what Paul was telling the church of Corinth to do. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, uh, Matthew talks about it. Matthew, well, Jesus talks about it, but Matthew records it in Matthew 18. He talks about church discipline and how, you know, where two or three are gathered, it's this, that text is, is misused. Oh, we're two or three gathered, the Lord is with them. And then, so we have two, there's two of us, Johnny, therefore we can have church, right? That's not what it's talking about. It's actually talking about church discipline. So we're two or three are gathered and, and confronting sin issue, uh, church discipline issue. And so they can come and, you know, address McGree. it individually. Uh, that doesn't work. Now they get somebody else to go with them. They, they, they. Address it. That doesn't work. Now they bring it out to light. You know, two or three are gathered. They agree that hey, there's an issue that needs to be dealt with, and they deal with it right. So that all those are, are church discipline kind of passages. That doesn't mean that you know somebody, some, somebody gossips and therefore we kick them out of fellowship. Like we, you know, we have to be smart about what that so what continued. that is. Well, I think yeah. it's that it, it, you know over time, and it's just it's bad, and it's you know. Yeah, there are times, and sometimes we exercise church church discipline and more more informally. Like we just bring things to light and and either the person will repent or they will leave. leave. They'll leave. Yeah. Uh and that's more more of an informal way. But there are times when it needs to be done formally too, where you come and you go, um, you know, maybe the elders meet with somebody and say, Hey, you are uh, you know, openly living in sin and, you know, you're a member of our church and whatever and we need to we need, we need to deal with this and the elders will come and deal with it, but it's always towards restoration mm-hmm. always. So then them leaving is is a sense of even
1: a good thing for them in some yeah. ways, um, to be able to, cause sometimes you, you might have the, the, uh, crutch of church and you might feel like, Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm still fine. Yeah. So almost when you leave and you, it's like the prodigal son. Yes. All right, go and live, live the world. Yeah. Do what you want and, and let's, hopefully it'll beat you up enough. To where you'll want to come back. Yeah, that's right. I think there's also right. a sense of protection for the church too. Absolutely, a little
0: bit of yeast in the in the. In the body, it will yeah. spoil the whole bunch. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Bible talks about yeast, but in you know ministry circles, we often talk about poison. Mm-hmm. You know, same same kind of thing. All right, John, any uh, additional resources you recommend? Yeah, I week? mean, there's tons of resources about helping people. You know, when helping hurts is a really good resource. We, I think we've mentioned that on the podcast before. It's a book, um, and, I, and I think that's very good in understanding you know how to how to help in a, in a way that's actually helpful, as opposed to helping in a way that harms. Because you can help in a way that harms, and um, and so just being smart about, about that is, is super important. Uh, so that's a good resource. All right, John, what's the big idea for this week? Let's hear Let's hear it. Wrap it up. Uh, you, uh, yeah. No pressure. Uh, there's no pressure No pressure there. at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, I think the, the big idea, uh, really comes, really comes down to, you know, um, uh, how did, how did I put it now? I can't remember it. Do you, do you have it? In I don't, front of you? I don't have it on me. No. Oh,
1: Usually huh? no. I write it down for myself, but, uh, yeah so the big idea no, I got it you got it I got it, got it? I got it. yeah well the thing is John faithful, what? well Let's you can see. have you can have obviously there's multiple big, big ideas yeah but you've put together the big idea already so you already you kind of want to go back to that I want to repeat it
0: yeah yeah because it's in my sermon and I've and like it's it's part of my sermon and if you listen to the sermon you probably heard it
1: yes and you're like yelling at the,
0: at the computer right now this is the big idea John yeah, yeah so yeah did you find it I did yeah faithful friend wounds and a wounded heart repents thank you
1: for joining us on the grace deep dive podcast where we believe in real grace for real living
0: we'll see you next week